Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Randall McEwen from Mississauga, Canada. Randall is the owner, producer, and host of four podcasts. Passports and Postcards is his travel podcast. Randall has been an entrepreneur for nearly 20 years, and it wasn't until he became an independent travel advisor that he found something that he was truly passionate about. Randall spent the next seven and a half years in this space, and his business doubled every year he was in business until the pandemic shut it down. To keep that dream alive of traveling, Randall started podcasting. Join us as we talk more about his life and his podcasting journey as an older adult. All right, guys, you ready? Let's go. so excited to have you here as a special guest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nikki. All right. So today we have Randall McEwen. I said that right. I think I got it. Randall McEwen. And and I'm so excited to have him as a guest. I had the opportunity to hear him speak a little bit on the platform, the social platform, phone platform clubhouse. And so um, I went out and I asked him if he would be willing to be a guest and he um, graciously accepted and I'm so glad that he did. And so today we're going to learn a little bit about Randall. So Randall, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, a little bit myself. I live in the greater Toronto area, a city called Mississauga. I do work for the federal government here have done so for 21 years, just a few years away from retirement. I'm married. I have a 41-year-old daughter. And what else can I tell you? I'm a, uh, I'm a podcaster, a writer, photographer, um, just a jack of all trades. And I love to travel. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you are a um, jack of all trades, definitely. What type of work did you do with the um, government? If I am what they call a tax collector, and it's not a fun job, but I know I have to do that because we all have to pay our fair share of taxes so we can support financially the programs that the government's put out for the people of our country. So my job may be a little one, but at the end of the day, it helps feed those programs. So somebody has to do it. If not me, then who? If not now, then when? Exactly. And it is definitely a very important uh, job. I know I probably would be afraid if you were calling me. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, oh, what did I not do? Um, so um, getting getting a visit from you, I'm sure, would not be a fun experience. But what you do is definitely so important. Now, you mentioned that you have a podcast. I, for one, have had the opportunity to listen to at least one of them, um, Passports and Postcards. And I'm just really, I love all of the content um, that you have with that one. Tell us a little bit about what postcards and uh, passports, sorry, passports and postcards is about. Well, it came out, it came to me at the beginning of the pandemic when travel started to shut down. And I was a travel advisor for seven and a half years. And my client said to me, We're not booking travel now. We don't know when we're booking travel. So I thought, what can I do? So I wanted to keep the dream of travel alive. So I thought, well, I'm I'm writing books now, but I need to do something else. And then I heard about podcasts and I said, why not start one? So here I am. Uh, I've done 54 episodes for Passports and Postcards, taking a little hiatus right now over August, but we'll start again in September with new guests coming on the show. But People from all over the world come on the show. We talk about either in destination, we talk about their travels, their experiences, and hopefully that motivates or encourages people that when we can travel again, that people will get out there and explore. And even if not outside their own country, at least go out and explore their own backyard. Awesome. Yes, I think that is really cool that you have that got that going because the pandemic really kind of took us all for a loop. And I can only imagine someone, especially when you have a, a background in traveling or you were an advisor and not being able to, um, to get to do that. Uh, I think I saw on your, um, one of your social media sites, you had the meme where it was the aisle and it had the, um, all the pictures can't wait to walk down the aisle again. Yes. And then it was the, um, the picture of the, uh, the, the plane aisle, so you can walk yes. in, in the uh, on the top of the plane. So I thought that was um, an inside of the plane. So I was like, yes, when you that is so. When we get ready to get back to the point where we're able to travel again, I look forward to. It. And I've always wanted to travel to Canada, but um, th- with these COVID restrictions, they were like, "Is there a reason you're coming here? <laughs> oh, you're just coming to visit? No. <laughs> well, one day when can't it do does... it just yet. <laughs> I was going to say one day when it's open, you're welcome here. We have. You know, we, people talk about, you know, their idea of what Canada is like. And I try to tell them that about 80 to 90 percent of Canadians live south of the 49th parallel, which runs across your know, northern states and our western provinces. And even though Canada is very large, the bulk of the population is right along that border. And even you look at southern Ontario, which is the bulk of our population, that including a little bit of Quebec, Montreal area, and we're all south of mostly your northern United States. So we we have that going for us, but we are a beautiful country. You're a beautiful country. I've been there many times. I encourage people to visit the U.S., but I encourage Americans to come and visit Canada because, one, your dollar goes further. Two, we mm-hmm. have great destinations. We have places, beautiful countryside. Uh, if you come to a big city like Toronto, you're going to find an international flavor with people from all over the world. So you get the taste of Little Italy. You've got Chinatown. You've got Greek Town. You've got Little Jamaica. 
So you can experience many cultures when you come to a city like Toronto, Mississauga. Yes, that sounds so beautiful. And every time I see the pictures of Canada, I just look and I'm just amazed. I've always wanted to go to, um, um, not an, uh, I would like to go see Ontario, but, um, uh, oh, the name of it has slipped my mind, <laughs> but Nova Scotia. Yes. Oh, yes. I've always, and every time I see the pictures, it just looks so beautiful there and so peaceful. And I remember, um, maybe a few years back, it was like number one of the number one places to, to live. Um, I guess, you know, it was, uh, I forget who's. A list that it had made, but it made one number one. And at the time, I was like, "Where can I go?" So I was like, "Nova Scotia." So I put it down on my list, and I was looking into doing that. I wanted to do um, the Fulbright there and um, do some research. Well, who knows? Never, you know, life got in the way of that a little bit. Um, but maybe one day I'll pick it up again. And it's not so, too far speaking, from where you live. Yeah, that's this is true. It's not too. I'm a little bit closer now, cause. Um, but yes, um, especially I would always wanted to take the train and just go up there and explore, and I think that would be a really fun um, thing once the world opens up a little bit more um, and we can move around. Well, like and like you know, you're free to walk around the cabin. We're <laughs> free to to move around in the uh, in the world a little bit easier. So you have you mentioned. I know you have more than one podcast, what was, um, your, I guess, how did you come up with the ideas for your podcast? Cause coming up with one idea is, is uh, hard enough, but you have three, at least three. I, that have, I, know four, I have four now. Oh, uh, see, <laughs> tell uh, us a little I'll, bit about that. The second one I came up with, which was around the same time as passports and postcards, it came out of I was looking at which platform to have my podcast on. So someone had told me about Anchor, which is um, one you can have it on. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, figured, I you know, one. let me try it out. Um, so what I did is I was using just my phone. I downloaded the app, used it on my phone. But what I would do is at the time I was spending almost every other day waiting in a vehicle at a clinic when my wife was going to the clinic a medical clinic, and I was in the car. So what I would do is I would think of things that were either news items of the day or things that came to me while stopped at a red light that I wanted to talk about. So I figured, why not use Anchor as a platform? And I was just, here I am, a 58-year-old guy. I just thought I'd just, you know, shoot my mouth off, whatever, about whatever is going on in the world. And mm-hmm. really didn't think anything of it. Well, I kept on doing it, kept on doing it, and that one's over 50 episodes and it's anything from politics, news stories, sports stories, uh, just my frustrations of the day. Um, well, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, but people like it. So I'm like, okay, well, now I have to continue on with that. Then my third show I was doing is I'm a big rugby fan, and I like there's two types of rugby. There's rugby league and rugby union. I love both types. We have a team in Toronto that plays in the Major League Rugby, which is mostly all American teams. Mm-hmm. And I followed them on their inaugural season, actually on the field as a photographer. So when COVID came and they were told they could not go back and forth across the border, they had to play in the States. So I decided to create a podcast to promote that. Also, we have two new leagues coming into Canada. So that podcast was designed to just focus on rugby 
whether it be international or here at home. And the very last one I started was about a month and a half ago. It's called The Rest of Your Story. And the concept of this, that podcast, is to have people come on. We find out where they are currently, and then we find out what obstacles or opportunities came into their life that helped them get to where they were or forced them into where they are now. So if it was an obstacle, maybe they had to choose a different path. But I have a lot of time to do these, and people say, well, why do you have a lot of time? Well, Greater Toronto area has probably been in lockdown the longest in North America. Uh, we are just gradually opening up to a point where you can actually go and sit and eat in a restaurant, but it's only 50% of their capacity, so every other table is sort of empty. Um, shopping malls just recently opened, gyms, salons, and stuff like that. So for the longest time, we really had nowhere to go. And yeah. I work in this office Monday to Friday for my employer. I jump off at 3 o'clock, and I have from um, 3 o'clock till bedtime to do all my podcasts, do my research and everything. So I do have the time. Now, when we get back to a little bit more of normalcy or what I call better, I may not have mm -hmm. all the time in the world, so I might have to focus on one or the other. But uh, for now, I got four podcasts going, and I got to find time to finish my fourth book. Yes, yes, yeah. You have a lot going on. Because when you said you work for the government, I was like, yeah, he, now he has four podcasts? I was like, that is a busy, busy man. But I love that. I love that you were able to take things that you were interested in and, and flourish with them in a podcast, because that's one of the reasons why... I started a podcast as well because, you know, just um, just thinking about how life got in the way of all the things that I wanted to do. And so I really can resonate with your your all of your podcasts. Well, I don't know much about rugby, but I can. <laughs> but I do like the idea of, you know, you taking a, some, a very strong interest in something and exploring it. And I like the idea of you talking about. Um, you know, the, the fourth podcast and the different obstacles that got in people's way. Um, speaking of obstacles that got in the way, w were there any in your, um, during the pandemic or just in life in general, where you felt like something that you wanted to accomplish just didn't quite happen when you expected it to happen or, or something that you wanted to do, you just didn't quite get there and doing it? Some of the obstacles, I would say one of the very first ones, was in high school when I decided I wanted a career to be a police officer, whether it be a local city police officer, provincial police officer, or we have the RCMP, Real Canadian Mounted Police here in Canada. So I wanted to be a policeman. And then when I found out what the requirements were, so physical requirements, um, some of them I didn't meet up. I didn't meet up with the height and weight proportion. I was a skinny little runt. Five foot nothing and weighed about 110 pounds. Mm -hmm. And then they had a vision um, thing on there where you had to have 20-20 vision. I definitely did not have that. So I did a lot of research, and then I figured, well, let's see. If the city of Toronto doesn't want to take me, maybe the province will take me, maybe the, the federal will take me. But the difference with federal, federal, to be with the RCMP, you have to have university education. I said, well... Doesn't look like I'm going to do that, so maybe I'll become a lawyer. So I said, okay, I will become a lawyer. I went to my guidance counselor. I said to him, I said, look, I want to be a lawyer. What do I need to do? He got me in the right path, ready to like, apply for universities. It was all dependent on my very last 
term from my very last mark for English, and they missed it by like 3%. Oh, no. So I said, not a problem. I'll go back and take that all over again because I want to get in university. Okay. So I decided to take it again, and I figured it's going to be easy because it's going to be the same curriculum as I just had. So it's just I just have to study a little harder. Lo and behold, when I started again, there was a new depart or he led head of the Department of English, changed the curriculum all together. And I ended up finishing the year with a little bit less than mm. what I needed to get in university. It was at that time that I decided, well, okay, community college is going to be where I'm going. Radio and television broadcasting is where I want to go. Because I figured, hey, I just wanted to be either behind the camera, or I mean in front of the camera, or behind the microphone. Needless to say, another obstacle came when I was graduating from college and that was in Canada, we have CBC, which is our uh, national network for TV and radio. And they had a major layoff. Oh. So when I sent out all my resumes and stuff, which was like 300 of them, I got calls, some calls back from different stations across the country stating, look, we really like your resume. It stood out. Well, it should have because I did it in fluorescent yellow. And a fluorescent yellow envelope. So it wasn't that plain white like everybody else was sending. <laughs> You're like, I want to be seen. <laughs> I want to be seen. So they said to me, look, we really appreciate it. But, you know, we're in a position right now where we can hire a seasoned professional at the same wages we would be hiring a new person right out of college. So that really didn't work out. That sort of really knocked me down a few pegs. And I figured, you know, what else am I going to do? You know, I finished college. I'm not going to get in radio and television, but fast forward, what, 40 years, I'm a podcaster. So rather right? than being in a radio station, I'm in a podcasting to people all around the world and I'm a creative and that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, there've been a few things in the middle that got in the way. I would say health crisis, a heart attack in 2008 set me back a bit, but I got through that. And I realized that it was at that moment in 2008 when I had the heart attack is that I got to stop. I was doing a lot of stuff. You think I'm doing a lot of stuff now. I was doing a lot of stuff back then, way too much. I was mm. burning a candle at four ends. And people say candle only has two ends, but my candle had four ends. I was, I was doing too much. And then I had the heart attack. I said, okay, now it's time just to stop. Focus on things that you want to do, not what people want you to do, but what you want to do. And since then, life has been super blessed. I've been able to do the things I want because I've focused on that. And yes, there are things, little things that get in the way a little bit. Like sometimes you might want to go to this event, but you didn't check the wife's calendar and she had something else planned. So we don't Always we have check to the wife's calendar. <laughs> and she's got three or four of them. So I got to check all of them. But overall, I've got her oh, no. to, even with rugby, she's come out to some of the rugby games and watched them with me. So that's that's a win-win um, because I got her sort of excited about it. And just as I got her excited about rugby, then we had the pandemic. So uh, we're hoping that rugby comes back and we can get down to some games because it's something we enjoy together. But we enjoy traveling together. And I've been blessed to travel 13 countries and over 1,000 cities. So... I can say that life gets in the way, but sometimes you have to, when you see those life hurdles, they're, they're there for a reason. You have to jump over them. 
or you have to find a way around them. Or if it's there right in front of you and there's no way to jump over, no way to go around them, then deal with it and then move on. Right. And you have definitely been dealing with it. And I just love that you were able to, you know, even though life kind of got in the way of you going and starting and getting into radio in the way you wanted and, you know, the the layoffs and all of that. I love that you are finally at that place where like, you know what? I'm doing it. I don't mean you almost like a it's like a radio station of your virtually of your own. And like you said, you get to talk to people all over the world. And how, how amazing is that? Right. Um, that is amazing. Um, I'm excited. And um, the rugby, you know, being able that's the one thing about the pandemic. You were able to just rediscover things that you were passionate about and you know and your interests and and sharing that with other people especially people that are close to you um have you ever had an opportunity to um, put your wife on the podcast yet or is she like nah i've asked not her but me. she's she's not interested at all she's um <laughs> I, i'm involved in toastmasters as well through work i okay. was a past president and people asked her to come on Toastmasters. She's not that type of individual. She likes, she's got these circles of girlfriends. Uh, so she's got four or five circles. She organizes them and does things with them, whether it be outings, mm-hmm. whether it be dinners, movies, theater, whether it be a trip to a show. Um, I, what I mean, it's like sort of like a craft show or something like that. So she does those things, but to be, put her in, in, front of a camera or behind a microphone. No, she's <laughs> not that type of person. I get it. I'm a little bit out there, so I make up for it. So whatever she does <laughs> is who I do for her. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, it sounds like she's pretty busy, so that'll just be one extra thing that she put on her calendar. <laughs> so I, I definitely get just taking time. I love my, you know, girlfriend circles when you just get to um just plan and do i started a book club a writing club and i'm just like what am i gonna <laughs> have time for it? I'm, a, I'm on two podcasts and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> but it's it's um i think the pandemic just really opened up just everyone's eyes to just you know just live and just be creative and just take time to slow down and so i'm so glad that you are able to especially at this um stage in your career and your life you're close to retiring but now you're you're still doing things that you're passionate about and rediscovering mm-hmm. i can only imagine how it was figuring out how to work a podcast at 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 the age that you are now and how technology has evolved. Tell us a little bit about that process of you getting started. I know you said you started with, I think your phone and just how did you work your way up after that? Well, sort of just take you back quickly to when I was in college and I was doing radio. When we were recording, we were recording a guest. There was on the recording phone that we had to use. There was little beeps every almost two minutes, and that was just to let the person know that they were being recorded. We had to do that by law. Mm-hmm. Then when you're doing your actual editing, we had to do it by splicing. So use a razor, you would splice the tape, and tape it together. Hopefully you slice it in the right spot, and you didn't have to really mess it up. But mm-hmm. uh, So jump ahead, so you jump ahead to, say, June 2020 when I first started, Anchor was pretty simple because on the app, basically they say record, so you speak your whatever you want to say. 
I really didn't edit anything. I added a little bit intro music, uh, music underneath the uh, my speaking, and um, so that was pretty easy. But when I started my passports and postcards, that was a little bit more difficult because I used a platform where, well, first I had to find something where I can record. Then I had to figure out how to which do I use as an editor. So I'm a Mac user, so I'm trying to use GarageBand. It was working out okay, but then I had someone introduce me to uh, Audacity, and through maybe half an hour to forty-five minutes talking to that person, I sort of got the hang of how to use Audacity. So learning the technology was difficult and challenging at first, and I started off with the. And some people, it's a Blue Yeti microphone. I thought it was good. The sound was okay, but the I did Yeti, right? That's that gray one. The the Yeti, the silver That's one. That's the one that uh, everybody's like, "Yeah, so get my Yeti and plug it in, and I'm good." And then all the podcasts are saying, "No." Yeah, so <laughs> I, I was able to switch to uh, Sure MV7, which is a radio quality microphone, and. I found the sound of my voice, especially in the podcast, was a lot better. And then I went out and purchased myself the Rodecaster Pro, which is the mixer. So I have my audio running through that. I can have um, four microphones. I can have the phone come through there. I have a sound pad so I can add sound to my podcast when I'm doing them. It was a little bit money. Do you need all that stuff? You really don't. You know, all you really need is some recording device and some place to get it uploaded to. You can digitally edit it if you do that. Some people I know record a show from start to finish, no editing, boom, uploaded. That's your show. Um, I, I haven't mastered that yet, but yes, I've heard of that. I haven't yet either. It's going to take me another ten years to master that. <laughs> but the whole process, especially when you're I'm not saying older and you don't know the systems because I've always been around computers and technology when the internet first started back in, I guess, the late 80s um, when it got online. And I've always been up to a challenge. If someone says, oh, it's impossible, I said, now we're lucky we have YouTube. And anything I need to learn, whether it's fix the toilet or a light fixture, <laughs> go to YouTube. And you can go to YouTube to learn how to use some of this technology. And as you said, we met through the Platform Clubhouse. Great podcast community in there. They share a lot of advice. They talk do. To each other. Really good. So it, it's That's how I got to where I am today. So as I said earlier, you know, it might have taken me 40 years to get behind a microphone to reach the world. But here I am and nobody's stopping me now. There you go. Yes, that's right. No one is stopping you. And that is that is such a cool thing. Um let me see. I'm trying to go back a little bit. You mentioned, I know you have like multiple slash, slash, slash. Um, oh, and by the way, the splices, I thought about that because I'm a screenwriter and I remember the the days of when they would talk about how they used to put a film together. And, and then, yes. you know, when, and they would do kind of the same, um, they would do the same technique. Yes, yep. Woo. And you, you just imagine um, <laughs> what that could have been like. Uh, there's you have one reel. <laughs> But um, um, speaking of your different um, 
uh, you said a jack of all trades. Oh no, you said a renaissance. So you are a photographer and you did photography for rugby. What inspired you or how did your interest in photography begin? A long story. We could be here all night talking about that. My mother <laughs> one year, one year on uh, Mother's Day, she gave each one of us a Kodak 110 camera. And it's weird. It was her, her day, but she gave us a present. Aww. And from then, I just started shooting whenever I could and I advanced in cameras over the years. When digital came along, I travel a lot. I take travel photos. I take a lot of selfies. Shh, don't tell anybody, but I take way too many selfies. <laughs> but that's now with the phone. But even with the camera, what happened is I love landscape photography. I started with that. Then I started to... Uh, doing some, uh, I would say, headshots, modeling, even startup a uh, modeling agency that would be representative of all body types, all colors, men and women of all ages. And we got that sort of started, but I guess that the advertisers, the marketing at the time, weren't looking for that. They were still wrapped up in the Ken and Barbie mm era and it was you know i wanted to see people in advertisement that was indicative of people in my community so that's where we tried starting that up and maybe we were too soon i see now that uh radio well not radio but television and print ads are now using people of all ages color sizes um so that when you are looking to buy something go well that person can wear it i can wear it but photography for me is, I, I can go on a vacation, I can take 3,000 to 7,000 photos in a week, not a problem. Because wow. I know, the only problem is when you get back, you got to edit that or do something oh, with yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's the <laughs> like, issue there. Get all these pictures. But uh, for me, I've burned them through uh, DVDs. I have them here. You know, when I'm retired, I'm going to go through all of them, maybe put some up on the walls here. Well, I've got some already. I've got about maybe a dozen on the walls here. But I I wanted to capture those moments. Some people will buy gifts and stuff when they go on vacation or travel somewhere. I'd rather have the pictures because to me, that's important to me. Things aren't that important to me having worldly possessions. So the fact that I have uh, these photos and I can look back on it when I retire is really key. And, of course, because I did have the, uh, I would say, the connections within the uh, photography world, whether it be uh, modeling or just the community itself, when rugby was coming, I said, look, I want to be part of it somehow. I have a camera. Can I come down on the field? I talked to their company, uh, people in head office. I was able to get a media pass and able to come down and be on the field to capture the eight home games they had in their inaugural season, and that was just wonderful. Yes, that's good. Uh, just um, photography has always been a passion of mine. I always, I was always told I had an eye for things. I just never. One day I'm going to be able to afford to buy the camera. That has always been, that's the only hang up. I may should just rent one and just start taking pictures. But, um, that, like you said, just, you know, you can gifts, gifts are, you know, but capturing that moment 
or that just said that tells such a story, you know, especially when we think about people's journeys or storytelling. There's so much in a picture that you just can't get from, you know, something from the gift shop. But something sometimes you just to see the 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 um the sunrise or the sunset or see someone in the mountains, that's a whole lot more than just somebody bringing you a a keychain with the Rocky Mountain on it or something. But not to say that those keychains aren't wanted or loved. But I'll take it. <laughs> I'll still I'll always take it. But it's also cool to see the pictures as well because that tells a story in itself. So all right. So um I, I just love your just how everything has kind of come together for you in terms of, you know, Retiring, but, you know, still, still, well, not retiring, but getting close to retirement, but still pursuing something that you started years ago. Um, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned um, in your life after after all of it has been said and done? What is the thing that you feel like stands out for you? I, I've learned a couple of things, but the f- first thing I want to talk about is, um, especially if you're married or in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's got to be give and take. So my wife has her things that she does. And like I said earlier, she's got a circle of girlfriends that go and do a lot of things. There's my things that I do, whether it be through the clubhouse, whether it be podcasting, whether it be when I was selling travel, actually going and visit some of these destinations. But we spend time together as well. So I'm not one that says, oh, you can't go out. you got to stay home. We have our own things that we love to do. And I say give them space. Find the things that you love to do together, but also give them the opportunity to do things they want to do. So that's one lesson I've learned. But the second lesson I've learned is um, follow your heart. As long as it's legal. Legal, yes, yes. (laughs) As long as it's legal. Go for it. You know, like, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Because the more and more people tell me I can't do it, the more and more I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I become successful at it or accomplished it, and then move on to the next thing. But always follow your heart. Yes. And those are great life lessons. Because I think people forget we lose ourselves sometimes in relationships. And you know how, and then a lot of times when they, people say life got in the way and a lot of things we pushed aside. And sometimes it's just, um, being, losing ourselves in our relationships and not spending time, enough time cultivating and, and maintaining a relationship. So I always think it's always good to have separate interests, but also make time to have something that you guys share together. So um, that is excellent advice. And hopefully the listeners can kind of take away from that. And, and also, like you said, pursuing your passions and, 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 you know, not giving up because you look, you, you, you kept your dream going, even though life got in the way, things happen. Look where, look what you're doing now. Now you got like four going and I'm pretty sure you're meeting all kinds of really cool people and it's being inspired and you're inspiring others just through your podcast alone. So that's, that's always a fulfilling thing when you can do something that you're passionate about and that you love at the same time. All right. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I have this, what we call the, um, the random round of questions. And I usually just ask like three 
sort of random questions to kind of get things going. It's a little different. And I think that people can find, um, you know, value in your answers and stuff like that. And it's always interesting to learn a little bit more about someone. So one of my questions is if you could pick a well-known figure, whether past or present, that you could currently sit down and pick their brain, who would it be and why? Well, that is a easy question because even though he died when I was a baby, mm-hmm. JFK, oh, uh, yeah. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, he is uh, one person I looked up to. Now, I'm not saying the Kennedy family was perfect because they probably weren't. But uh, a man for what he did in the Army, or Navy, I should say, during the war, uh, rescuing his his mates uh, from the PT boat that he was on, the fact that he went into politics, I guess it was almost a given with the family that he would go into politics, but he didn't look at what was just best for America. He looked at what was best for the world. And... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conspiracy theories what happened to him. I think maybe at the end of the day, because of the fact he was going against the grain, that might have been the reason why he, he was assassinated. But if I could sit down and just have a conversation with JFK and talk to him about what his plans were, like what, you know, what he envisioned for the future for both the United States and the world. He tried. He... <sighs> Again, he was a political figure that went way too early. But if that was a person I could sit down with, that was the one I would select. Or Barack Obama. <laughs> yes, I think both of them are very phenomenal um, leaders. And um, what a story to each of them have to tell because they experienced some very um, unique times um, during both of their presidencies. So I would I would definitely... Him and... Um, Jacqueline, I was just like, I, I I want to pick your brain too because I'm pretty sure she um she has some stories and and that she could uh she could tell as well. But um, I everybody you know you forget about the the time when he was in the military because you get you you usually you hear about him you know post um you know when he got into the political realm, but he also did some really amazing things while he was serving the country as well. Um, let's see, what's another one? Um Okay, this is a good one. What objects would you save from a burning house? I would say that my photos are most important. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because you can replace like things are things, like furniture is things, um computers are things, but my photos I cannot replace. So they would be one, the first, well, other than my loved ones, but they would be, my photos would be number one and my loved ones would be number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we won't put them under the objects, which is, they're by default. <laughs> yeah. that way we don't have to choose. <laughs> we won't make it that. Um, okay. So um, last question. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Brave, bold, and beautiful. And I think those are excellent words to describe yourself. And I just want to say, um, 
just overall, thank you so much, Randall, for coming in and taking the time to talk to me and the listeners. And I'm hoping you're able to, you know, learn more about your story and, and feel inspired, especially if they're they're older or they feel like, um, you know, I'm not sure my time has passed or any of those things. Just to know that, hey, you know, it can it can happen. And sometimes a pandemic is just the the thing to get you going and get you started. Um, so. I know you have a lot of projects and things coming up. Is there anything you want to share with us? Well, I would say the best place to find me is at my website, which is www.podvault.ca. So that's P-O-D-B-A-U-L-T dot C-A. But I'm all over social media. Randall McEwen, you can find me there. There's another Randall McEwen. He lives in California. He's younger than me. So there's two of us, one in the States, one in Canada. We're not related. We could be, but we're not. Uh, but I think, you know, the only upcoming thing I'm working on, like I said, I have another book coming out. I'm hoping to have it written and oh, written. It's half written, but finished and published by the end of the year. It'll be available on Amazon. The book title will be called Drinking Dingo Dry. And it'll be a book used uh, travel guide for Ireland. And it'll be the... Places that you find while hanging out with the traditional Irish people and not necessarily the sites that are promoted through travel, other companies or magazines. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So you have some really great things to look forward to. And as a fellow writer, I um, good luck on your writing projects. I know that they, they are a labor of love and people do not realize that writing is rewriting and rewriting and editing and rewriting again. I'll make sure I put all of your information in the description. Shout out to Canada. I have a connect now, so I'm really excited about that. But um, thanks again. Thank you all for listening. I want you guys to remember to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I just want to thank Randall for coming again and being such a good guest. And an extra special thanks to all the listeners around the globe, listening from all different countries, continents, we're, they're from India and Norway, from Australia to the UK, and all across the United States. Your support of the podcast has been truly, truly, truly appreciated. Um, so that about wraps up this episode, but don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. for a new episode. And remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss any episodes. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again. And if not now, then when?